You want to be happy. So why isn't it happening? You want to be happy. You think you're doing all the things to create happiness in your life. You're achieving your dreams and you just feel like, well, I'm not very happy. What is it? Why is it that getting what you want actually sometimes makes you less happy or getting what you want leaves you wanting? There are traps to avoid. Getting what you want actually may undermine the very achievements you've experienced. You work so hard and think, well, just when I get this degree, when I get married, when I get this house, then it'll all make sense. Well, the problem with that is so often getting what you want leaves you with wanting more. Because when you're always wanting, when you're driving to achieve, it makes it impossible to actually appreciate what you have. Because you're constantly sprinting, constantly focused on getting that next thing. But there's a way around it. You can actually learn to broaden your perspective of who you are so that you can integrate those competing roles of wanting more and being at peace. And so often, it's not natural, you could say. It's natural to actually say, yeah, I want this. You want happiness. But the mistake that you make is thinking, well, if I get this, then I'll be happy. It kind of hit me one night. It was at the end of the week, and I came home and kind of plopped down on the couch. And quite honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I try to always be honest. I just thought, oh, what I really want right now is to have a nice cocktail. (laughs) But what did I want earlier in that day? Oh, I want to make some money, even some of the more pure wants. I want to make this person's life better. As a therapist, I'm constantly doing that. I give myself so that other people can achieve their dreams and what they want. But again, it hit me. I got back and I said, what do you mean? What do you mean I, I want a cocktail? But as I sat down and I looked across the room at my son, who was just laughing at some innocuous, silly show, but he was laughing and I was drawn into it. And I looked at his laughter, his joy, and my mood lightened. And I thought, this is actually what I want. All these things that I was pursuing throughout the week to achieve my wants kind of left me wanting more. And you've probably experienced that same thing. And then you make that surprising observation. Is what I want really contributing to my success to my happiness, to the meaning? Am I finding purpose in achieving this? Or sometimes is what you want really found more simply? Is found in the pure joy of looking at your child learning how to walk or crawl? Or the joy of giving to somebody else's life? Or sometimes just the joy of being present? Because there is a realization. I hope that you think about this when you look at your own life and your wants. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's important to understand your purpose, what gives your life meaning. And so you might be thinking, well, if I get what I want, if I really achieve this, then I'll be what? Because the truth is no amount of money or success can actually replicate those simple experiences of sharing the joy and the laughter over a good meal or seeing somebody else prosper in their life. There might be milestones that you reach in your life. Maybe you become a doctor, or an attorney, or a teacher, or you get that job, or you graduate from college. 
And those can be nice, but how long does that last? Or does that leave you feel, I want more? Sometimes to get what you really need is to step back from what you really want. And the way to do that is actually to become present in the moment and to give up that thirst for wanting more. If you step back, when are those moments in your life where you really felt joy? Now, you might say, yeah, when I graduated from college or when I got my house. But those memories, do they actually make you happy right now? Or is it the experiences when you sit in your backyard and you watch the birds flutter in and eat from the bird feeder? Or those times when you just laugh with a good friend? See, we are wired to actually look into the future and anticipate what can go wrong. And paradoxically, what that does, it says, well, I want to avoid what can go wrong, and so I want to do this. I want to save more money. I want to make more money. I want to achieve this dream, this career aspiration. But it actually leaves you wanting because all of those things are out in the future. Now, again, like I just said, we're wired, right? You and I are wired to think about the future to a degree. But that's not what's going to make you happy. You can become victim to your own wants. So what is the answer? Because when you're constantly looking into the future, your mind becomes anxious. And you want to satisfy or quench that anxiety. How? By achieving, by wanting more. I think about this. And it's a, it's a beautiful scripture found in Matthew chapter 17. And one day Jesus and Peter were going into a town and they had to pay taxes just to go to a town. <laughs> there are states like that. It's like, well, I want to move to California. Well, the taxes are really high. And Peter was asking Jesus, well, you know, what are we going to do about this? And Jesus asked great questions, you know, but the long story short, he told Peter, he said, hey, Peter, just go down to the lake, lake catch a fish. Peter was good at that. He was a fisherman. And he said, open its mouth and you'll find a coin. Take it and give it to the taxman. It'll be enough for both of us. Now, how often do you think about that when you're trying to achieve your wants, your dreams? You think about all the things that you have to do to achieve that. And so you work, you hustle, and it leaves you feeling wanting. Because the trap with always wanting more is that you may forget to appreciate what you have. And when you can actually relax and step back and say, wait a second, I might not be able to achieve everything I want. You can either allow yourself to become anxious and riddled with doubt and fear. Or you can say, well, maybe I just have to rely on God to provide my needs because that's exactly what he says he's going to do. See, all those wants, all those fears, getting what you think you need can leave you feeling wanting. And again, Jesus speaks about this, Matthew chapter 13. He's talking about the parable of the seed. Some seed is cast in the gravel, some is in, right, grows up and it's weeds and it's choked out. And that's your life. You got to think about where you're casting those seeds of want. Because those seeds can grow up in the weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun. And it actually chokes out 
what you really need. You can become so fixated on your future aspirations that you take for granted your current blessings, your family, your friends, your health. I have been very blessed in my career as a therapist. And I've worked with truly very, very poor people. And I've worked with very, very successful, wealthy, famous people. And I'm grateful to do both. But what I've discovered is that no matter how much you have achieved, it won't necessarily satiate, satiate that desire for wanting more. Whether you're a physician or a businessman. See, one of the greatest tragedies of life is to sacrifice the years of your life to achieve goals, to achieve those wants, only to find it devoid of meaning and purpose. And the promise that is given you, if you trust, if you believe, then you can look and recognize that God's Spirit is right alongside you, living inside, breathing, moving you. And Paul speaks about this in Romans 8. He said, even if you don't know what to pray, it doesn't matter. Because God's Spirit does the praying in you and for you. Making a prayer of your wordless, wordless sighs, your aching groans. Because God knows you. He knows your condition. And that Holy Spirit keeps you present before God. So you don't have to think about, well, what do I want? You can get off that treadmill of wants an achievement, and relax. Now, again, there is a goal. There is a compromise. There's nothing wrong with having aspirations to better your life, whether it's that promotion, that degree, that healthy, good marriage, or even if you want to make money. But what you choose to do with that will either leave you feeling wanting for more or leave you feeling satisfied. Remember this, and this is something I think about frequently. When you're thinking about what you want in life, it is in Christ. Paul speaks about this in Ephesians. He said, it is in Christ that you find out who you are and what you're living for. It's not your job. It's not the promotions. It's not getting all those wants. Because Paul goes on and he says, long before you heard of Christ and got your hopes up, God had his eye on you. He has designs on you for glorious living. And that's part of the overall purpose that God is working out in everything, in you. Because you can get stuck wanting, 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 and it leaves you only wanting. So what do you do about it? Well, you got to set the bar. You've got to have realistic expectations about how your future pursuits will actually impact your life. Because you can want, you can achieve, you can want, you can achieve, and it can leave you craving only more. Now, I look to probably one of the greatest examples in all of history, King Solomon. Nobody had more than Solomon. Even you look at the super uber rich of today, the Bill Gates, the Elon Musk's, King Solomon was even richer. And he achieved everything. He did everything. And he did great works, too, for his people. He created aqueducts. 
He made great strides and achievements in learning. And in Ecclesiastes, in the first chapter, and he was reflecting on life, and he said, hey, wow, this is something new. And he goes, ah, don't get excited about it. It's the same old story. He said, because nobody remembers what happened yesterday. You might make some great achievement, but nobody's actually going to remember. That's the truth. Whether it's a year from now or 10 years from now or 100 years from now, that doesn't really matter. But he goes on and he says, well, what about those things of tomorrow? Eh, Nobody will remember them either. Don't count on being remembered. At the end of Solomon's life, basically, he came to the conclusion. He said, all these wants, all these desires, nothing. The 19th century philosopher, Arthur Schopenhauer, Schopenhauer, he said, wealth is like seawater. The more you drink, the thirstier you become. The, tr- the same is the truth. The same is, the same is true about fame. What do you want? Do you really want peace? Or do you really want to achieve that what? See, the balance to achieve peace, to achieve a purposeful and meaningful life, you've got to remain whole. Remember what you want, and probably many of your wants are tied up in career. You've got to remember that your professional identity is only one part of who you are. Besides being a successful business person, whatever it is that you do, remember, you are also a parent. You are a spouse. You are a sibling. You are a child. You're somebody else's friend. And you've got to maintain that broad perspective of who you are to invest your life in different aspects of your your life as you see it. Because you might be sacrificing the things that actually will satisfy those wants. You might be sacrificing friendships and marriages as you pursue what you want. Because no matter how much you achieve, no matter how much you pursue those wants, it's only when you recognize that you are part of God's body, as Paul speaks about in Corinthians. He said, you can look at your own body. Your own body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells. He said, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. He said, it's the same with Christ. He said, you can let go of all those piecemeal parts of yourself, the partial achievements. He said, there was a day that maybe you were independent. You called your own shots. You pursued what you want. But now you've got to integrate into this large body, the body of Christ. Because you find meaning as part of this resurrection body. Not achieving your individual wants. Sometimes you've got to slow down and pump the brakes. Because this constant pursuit of wants and achieving wants, again, it leaves you wanting. Now, there is, again, this evolutionary part of you that says, I want more. I need to to gather up this food for the coming winter. And again, you can look at this as a metaphor, wanting what you want. I got to make more money. I've got to save more money. I've got to feed my 401k. But it won't necessarily contribute to your happiness. Paul says beautifully in Romans, probably my favorite book in the New Testament of the Bible, 
Paul said, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, he says in Romans chapter 13, he said, make sure you don't get so absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all your day-to-day obligations, all your wants, that you lose track of time and doze off, oblivious to God, oblivious to what really matters. He said, the night is about over and dawn is about to break. So be up and awake to what God is doing. Because, see, God wants to put the finishing touches in your life. You can't afford to waste a minute, not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering. Maybe what you want, maybe what you really need is to stop wanting to be present, to slow down, to breathe, to live in gratitude of all the blessings that God offers you right now. What do you really want? What do you really need? Those might be two different things. God will supply your need. So maybe you can let go of the wants. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.